0: Here's the fangirls on Jackalope Radio.
1: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Fangirl Radio Show. I'm your host, Jessica Dwyer, and with me is my co-heart in crime, Miss Sarah Buck. Hello. And uh, this week we got a lot of Week and Geek, we got some awesome comic book news, and a ton thanks to Mr. Robert Downey Jr., who is doing a blitzkrieg of awesome right now. He's always doing a blitzkrieg of awesome. This week, he is everywhere because of his new movie, The Judge. But um, after we go through The Week in Geek, we also have another piece of awesome, which is Mr. Tim Sullivan joining us to talk about the late, great Robert Quarry in celebration of it being October and Halloween. But not only that, um, he would have been 90 next month uh, if he had lived. And uh, we love Robert Quarry. I introduced Sarah to the wonder that is Count Yorga. Yes, indeed. And uh, yeah, it's a very underrated film. If you've never seen it right now on Netflix, Count Yorga, The Return of Count Yorga are both on there, as well as yes. Madhouse, which is awesome. Um, but before we get to that, we got a lot of Week in Geek to talk about. And yes, the Robert Danny Jr. Blitzkrieg of Awesome. Um, Television is killing me right now. <laughs> It's it's literally, it's
2: like, it's like there's so much stuff that is tailored towards you. And I'm like, I can't watch
1: all of this. It's everywhere. Everything is everywhere. So Downey, though, is like making the rounds. And of course, everybody is, instead of asking him about his movie with the, robert duvall and just gonna be great you can tell uh they're talking to him about Judge, right? yes that one. they're all wanting to know about iron man 4 so okay. he he kind of stirred the pot by saying he wouldn't do it unless mel gibson was going to direct it but then that turned out to be bs and um
2: well, of course i i honestly can't
1: see robert
2: downey jr seriously saying he'll only do it if mel gibson could yeah, I mean Mel Gibson it just does is not a nice person.
1: Well, he's already saying that he's going. He's got projects in in store for Mel with him in them because yeah. the two of them are buds thanks to Air America, which was a great movie before Mel Gibson had his meltdown. And, uh, so he was going the rounds. He did a Reddit AMA. He did Ellen. He did, uh, Letterman. And during the, um, during the Reddit AMA, a couple of things came out, which were very, very cool. And one of them was the fact that, um, Robert Downey Jr. Sort of wants to be on Doctor Who. Oh my God, that would be so awesome. <laughs> One of the quotes he said is, it's funny, someone asked him if he'd ever appear on it, and he said, it's funny you'd bring that up. A writer asked me to watch a particular episode about a month ago in hopes of helping us break story on a project, an incredible series, anything's possible.
2: That would be awesome. I've... You know, and I'm kind of one of those people who likes to be cautiously Aww. optimistic. So I'm like, that would be awesome. I'm not going to bank on the fact that he's going to be in it. Because that just sets you up for, like, too much disappointment. Uh, because
1: I would then, die if he, like, was the master. Then you're sitting there <laughs> watching Doctor Who,
2: and you're like, oh, this would be so much better with Robert Downey Jr. So let's not
1: go there. <laughs>
2: not yet. <laughs>
1: Well, and the other thing that he confirmed, though, after going back and forth about Iron Man 4, was the fact that um, Sherlock Holmes 3 is going to happen, which I am ecstatic about. Thankfully, Rachel's not here to bring me down on that cloud. Um, I love those. I love those
2: movies. I don't know what's wrong with those movies. There's nothing wrong with those movies. You know, like, you can argue... You know, the one thing you need to keep in mind if you're thinking about, like, the RDJ Sherlock Holmes and then the Benedict Cumberbatch
1: Sherlock Holmes is just just separate them. Right. One f- don't even compare them. One focuses on one aspect, of, you know, certain aspects of Holmes and the other focuses on the other aspects of Holmes. They're, and even if they're not
2: Sherlock Holmes-y like they have Sherlock elements in them i can i can see the argument that they're not a very good rep- representation of like Sherlock
1: Holmes
2: like in um tr- the traditional
1: you know well, it's kind of sense. like dracula it's kind of like all the different draculas um but... you you have different variations of him and they're all dracula but uh speaking of which I'm gonna. I have mention of something later on that I think you'll find amusing, um, but it's it's interesting to me that it's they, these characters came out around the same time and they both have so many different takes on them from the same source material. And I love I love I his his Holmes. I really really he like does, it.
2: I love it too. I think he's quick. I think he's. Um, you know, there's a certain amount, if you read the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle novels, there's a certain amount of goofiness to Sherlock Holmes, and I think that um, the RDJ movies really bring out like the goofiness, like like there's a lot of questions if not that Holmes is crazy, everybody kind of reveres him, but if he's com- like completely competent, you know, like so I think that, and that's more of like you get a little bit more sense of that in the Robert Downey Jr. is that all of a sudden at the end everything makes sense.
1: Well and I also like the way he, they, rep, they, they show how his brain works and how he's able to do the things that he does and uh, the whole he, he measures what he can do in like a split second and, and does it.
2: Plus it, Robert Malay is in one of them and
1: Yay! People should watch everything that Robert Millay's Because he's awesome. He is um, a
2: sweetheart, and his thumbs are gigantic. <laughs> you should see him try to operate an iPhone. It is amazing. <laughs>
1: He's one of those guys that can use the big iPhone six, and it oh looks yeah, I'm like sure he probably.
2: Style. I'm sure he already has it, but because like yeah.
1: So a lot of stuff was announced this week. Besides the fact that you know Sherlock Holmes 3 is happening, and that uh, there, he thinks um, Downey thinks that there is going to be a ton of of announcements from Marvel upcoming. But the thing that actually was released today was the fact that. Ghostbusters three is happening, and it's going to be all women. That is awesome. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be done by the uh, guy who did um, the Heat, and he. Uh, it's going to be written by the guy who wrote the Heat and part. He's written for Parks and Recreation, and is it's the going. we going to be in it? I would love for her to be to in shoot. it. It would be great if she knew it. But I don't know if they're going to do that. I think they're going to try and do it as a slight reboot. Um, but it's Paul Feig who did Freaks and Geeks and directed The Heat and Bridesmaids is the one who's working on it.
2: Good. That's good. He, he's good with
1: female characters. Well, and the part. other thing I, I like is the fact that you are never going to recreate Ghostbusters now that Harold Remus is gone. No. So it's best to just scrap you know, make them do cameos or something, a couple of cameos, but really just restart with something fresh like that. I think that's the way to go. Um, the other thing that was announced to this week, that is just kind of an iffy thing, um, is the fact, poor, poor Spider-Man. Um, so Sony is talking to Marvel, uh, rumored, that maybe they're going to let Marvel take Spider-Man and use him in the Avengers movies. And poor Andrew Garfield, I think he got a bad run of luck with those flicks. The second one was horrible. The first one was okay. Andrew Um, Garfield is a total jerk, though. Like,
2: I honestly (laughs) feel bad for that guy. He is, he's horrible. (laughs) What did he do to you? (laughs) Well, nothing, but, you know, like, he threw that, you know... He's thrown some spectacular hissy fits, and it's just like, come on, man! You're just Sony's Spider Man. It's true. So it's like, it's like, come on, just, just calm down a little. Well, they're even,
1: they're even talking about doing like a reboot again with uh, another flick. They're saying that the Sinister Six movie is going to be a soft reboot, whatever the hell that means.
2: They need to stop doing that because you know the last thing we need. More so, freaking
1: origin stories. I, I, I think people just don't get it. Um, but moving on to something far better that was announced. There was a ton of announcements this week. This week has just been...
2: Sony, thrilling.
1: please let
2: Avengers
1: use Spider-Man. Please. Just give him back. Um, <laughs> the big news, big, big, big news that uh, hit that was a surprise to everyone is the fact that returning to TV sets... In 2016, Twin Peaks is coming back. Nine episodes, nine series, episodes, and ah. all of them directed by David Lynch. All of them. Oh, that's that's
2: oh, it's gonna be so good. I,
1: I, I, there was a joygasm just all across the internet. when this came out, it was a big surprise, it had been talked about. But now it's official. It's coming back.
2: Now, my husband is a purist. And so he's a little bit, like, upset
1: that it's taking place in modern times. Well, the theme was that that they said it was, like, 25 years later. 24 years. 24 Mm -hmm. years later. So in 2016, it's actually going to be... I think 24 25 years later and that that ties to the show somehow and it's catching up with these characters after like it real time it has happened. Just,
2: I think that I think that his was like oh gosh I'd have to um talk to him but apparently there's some like like argument going on about like what's like you know what's 24 years later and the whole like taking place in modern times and
1: i think it's going to be fantastic i think it's going to be great too and then kyle mclaughlin like just spewed fuel on the fire with uh the fire that walks with me um that uh he has to get his black suit out and start the percolator because of this and it's like oh my god Dale cooper's coming back yeah
2: For speaking sure. of kyle mclaughlin like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: Oh, yes. We have to talk about that. I have one more thing to talk about before we get into TV and, oh, my God, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. We'll wait. We'll wait. I'm just oh. so
2: excited. I just wanted to talk about it now. Did you
1: see this week's yet? Yes, I did. Oh, God, so I man. Did. Oh, my God. It is
2: high on my priorities list, okay? I may be having to really, like, like cut down what I'm watching because of, like, it's all cool. the stuff going on. But... That one is high on my
1: list. Oh, oh, man. Everybody and their brothers watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now. Um, but before that, um, it's, this is what's going on in Hollywood right now. The Avengers, this kind of rolls into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The Avengers has created what is sort of a veritable poo storm in Hollywood right now. Everybody wants to have the money that 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 franchise is making and how it was done and blah blah blah. They want to recreate that magic. So you've got DC doing their thing where they're rushing through to get the Justice League deal going. Well, now you've got Sony Pictures who for some reason thinks this is going to do well. They are wanting to they they bought for like 2 million dollars or something a pitch for a Robin Hood story that will turn into a, an Avengers-like universe with the Robin Hood characters? Each character's... Whoa. You're going to have a Friar Tuck movie. Or something oh, like that. Oh
2: my god. You're bad at what you do already. Unless it's video games. And I, gaming consoles. I, I, then I, you're the best. I don't with un- what you know.
1: I, I don't understand. So you've got that going on. Well, then... Mar um Universal is um doing their own kind of thing like this and they're wanting to do it with the Universal Monsters, which I would be a big fan of if not for the fact that Dracula Untold is their first movie that they're going to do this with and they're setting it up. They actually went back here's how here's how ham fisted this is. They've decided that this is gonna be their, their um, pilot into this trying to make a franchise like that, and they went back and reshot scenes to set this up. Here, but here's how much um, you know hope they have in this film they did it in such a way that if you're not looking for these little tidbits, like we're wanting to make this into a no- whole universe, um, if you don't notice it, then it don't matter because they're that unnoticeable. But if the movie does well then they're going to utilize it. But if not, who knows? Well, they can just dump it.
2: I mean, let's let's face it, the movie's not going to do well.
1: No, and here's the funny part. You know what's going to beat it into the ground? The judge. With yeah. Danny Jr. So... Um,
2: well, it's like... An, um, they're jumping on this, uh, making uh, Dracula a, um, you know a pitiable and relatable character train a little too late, I think, um, you know, like there was, there was a point, uh, I'd say like six or seven years ago where we were like thirsting for a very romanticized and like, um, relatable lens. I think the tide has turned a little on that. I think the tide has turned. I think they're too late on this. Megan. Well, he was just a guy who wanted to help his family, who needed to ask for help from the unmentionable for, you know. Um, So I think
1: they're late. I think they're late. Yeah, I I think they would have done better of having Dracula be the villain. Yeah. um, Like Monster Squad did.
2: Everybody wants a villain. Um, I I really feel like it. Like who's the most popular character on on Gotham? It would be either the Penguin or Fish Mooney. And it's totally the penguin. (laughs) They're irredeemable characters, but that's what people love. But are people like raving about how much they love, um, you know, Gordon? No, no. Um, Are people raving on like they've even on once upon a time, turned Regina back into like, you know,
1: like fighting her dark side. Right. And it's, it's interesting to me that they're, and they're, they're not even doing it in an original way. They're, um, yeah, I give them points for going back to the actual historical Dracula, at least somewhat in this. But the fact that they're doing it with the whole, um, he's a hero, and he's, he's that's fine. But then they're also doing, and I, I read, a sp- this was a huge spoiler. I was reading a pre-screening review, and they went ahead just... Spoilered the entire ending of this. So if you give a damn about Dracula Untold, stop listening for a second. Um, but nobody does. Though, nobody yeah. does. Uh, I'm going because I'm a whore for vampires. That's well, and I'll have to go with you because yeah. nobody else no, will go. Nobody see it. else will go see it. with. <laughs> you. Um, but the fact of the matter is at the end of the movie, they, they do. And he's in modern times thing. I already know that. And, <sighs> and, and, and on top of everything else, he sees a woman who is the reincarnation of his wife.
2: Oh, no.
1: Yeah. That's how unoriginal. Oh, no. Yeah.
2: Universal. What are are you doing? (laughs) What's going on? What the kind of voice is is that? that? Jesus. (laughs) That's my, I don't even know what the hell is going on right now. (laughs)
1: so um let's get into tv recaps uh quick we have about 10 minutes before we bring on our special guest um so i got to see a preview of american horror story freak shows first two episodes
2: yeah yeah and sorry again again <laughs> like, oh no, I won't even call Sarah and see if she wants to come watch i can it.
1: only watch them on a computer it's not going to be that much fun for you i will cuddle with you oh <laughs> jesus <laughs> we don't talk about those times Yes, we do. (laughs) So American Horror Story Freak Show, um, there is a review up on fangirlmag.com. And it is excellent. I only have two quibbles with it. Um, The first of which is I'm really worried they're going to do what they did with Asylum, which is they cram so much story and so many characters into a, a single season that they're not going to be able to resolve everything satisfactorily or at all. As is the case in Asylum,
2: I, don't, uh, I think I think that that was part of the beauty of Asylum, though. I think I think that the whole unknowing was part of that.
1: I it just it really annoyed me. It felt because I mean they literally with Asylum they threw everything into the pot, and it was it was great until you realized oh, this is the end of the show. What the hell with the aliens? What the hell was that? <laughs> and it was never explained. Um, and freak show. The other thing is they're really hitting hard with the music and the musical numbers, and I'm worried that people are going to be alienated from it, thinking that oh God, it's just going to be a musical, which I don't mind at all. But I know there are people out there that are like your heart, some of your some hardcore horror fans and just fans of the show in particular who were annoyed by that um, name game segment in Asylum they're going to be like what the hell with the music i
2: loved that it's like it's the magical realism if you're not okay with magical realism you're not gonna like that series but yeah
1: it, it's very surreal too and i really loved it um i enjoyed it a hell out of it those are just my two concerns and if that's all i've got this is going to be a great season um the one that the, <laughs> in the in the pilot episode everybody's gonna freak out though with what jessica lang does which is so awesome um <laughs> i'm watching it tonight <laughs> okay you're gonna enjoy her musical so- number she's got a musical number and you're gonna Yay! you're gonna freak out um okay. uh the flash premiered this week and it was excellent you even got a little green arrow cameo in there
2: Aw, that's adorable. And
1: it was really good. Really enjoyed it. Um, I love the fact that they brought in the original Flash from the original TV series, which, by the way, if you are interested, you can pick up at Best Buy right now the entire series for 10 bucks. Good deal. Um, they also have a bunch of their DC Universe cartoons, um, animated films, which are the best thing DC's got, uh, on discount. And they have graphic novels for $7.99. Entire collections, including Flashpoint, to celebrate this. Um, but the Flash was great. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Barry. He, the the whole cast was good. Uh, good show. I'm gonna keep watching it for sure. Great show. Um, Sleepy Hollow happened, and um, we finally got a little bit more Orlando Jones in there, which was great. Um, it was called Root of All Evil. Good episode. Um, It was fun to see um, flashbacks with Ichabod Crane meeting Benedict Arnold and finding out that he was a friend of his. Um, So this show's still going good. I'm really... I I like it a lot. I want him to bring back Benjamin Franklin, though. I like Benjamin Franklin. Um, And I have a friend that's her boyfriend, is Benjamin Franklin. I don't don't know. I don't (laughs) care. Well... Yeah. To each their own. Um, he was very smart. Um, so the cool thing, Blacklist, had Paul Rubens, and uh, who is Pee Wee Herman, to those who don't know his real name. And the episode was called Dr. James Covington. It was super good. And Red Reddington. Red Reddington is a badass. Red Reddington is a badass. And um it's interesting, uh, they're, they're setting up Liz, I think, for fall. They keep bringing back her husband, who, I thought he died last season. Didn't he die at the end of last season? I've not seen this series, so perhaps. Oh, my God, Sarah. I know, I know, it's, I on, my, s-
2: it's on my Netflix
1: cube. You have no excuse. The problem with this show is you're I not going to be able to stop watching it. It's just yeah. not good. It's, That's,
2: like, the thing is, like, there's several things that I'm like, okay, I need to set aside a day when I don't have to do a bunch of stuff. And watch it. October is a busy month for me. I'm a big Halloween fan,
1: so I, I always stand packed as full as possible. Um November's a little slower, so we'll see. Oh yeah, you just got to binge watch like for Thanksgiving. You just got to binge. Um, so Agents of Shield, making friends and influencing people. Oh, oh my god!
2: Oh gosh, it was so good. Fit. Oh, uh, I cried again. Fit. Holy crap! Yes. Fit. <laughs> Fitz having to deal with something that he was like just frankly not prepared to deal with Oh
1: it was it was so well done. Um, so well done. Good so job. Good. good job. Um so excellent episode
2: I um, like she's really come into her own. Oh yeah This episode I think that I think that for people who were a bit torn with sky like the kind of emotional character development that happens in this episode is good. It's good.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is they finally gave her some meat and made her, a, you know, more than just a fluff character that's well, what she came they, off as.
2: They also gave her, um, almost like they gave her a mission and her mission is now like is to not let things mess with her.
1: Yeah. I like uh, the whole, the whole blood pressure thing. I yeah. Totally the blood mess. pressure
2: measure that she looks at, um, you know, very like, reminiscent of the Hulk. Cause I think that, um, you know, my Caleb didn't like that character. And I think a big part of it was that she was, you know, the one like the, the touchy fit, the one that's like, Oh my gosh. Like this is happening and we should get upset. Let's push each other, you know? And, um, and now she's, you know, really growing as a person.
1: Well, and also the thing that I had annoyance with her is she was so perfect. And I think we're going to get some flaws out of her coming soon. And I really liked, I really like that may is taking her under her wing and making her toughened up, which is good. Um, so yeah, uh, and we also and, got to and see one. You, what...
2: you could always like question like, is that good? Is becoming a May what Sky should be? And that's I think that's really the question that's going to be answered for her,
1: at least as a character, is like, are you a May
2: Sky? Are you
1: right? Can and you... can you handle being a May? Can yeah. you make those decisions? Can you turn it off? And uh... and and, is, and also is that what your team needs you to be? Right. Because And also in this one, we found out about what happened with Simmons, who a lot of people just started, including myself, wanting to kill because of her just leaving. It turns out that she's actually undercover and working to get infiltration into Hydra. And this was really well done. Simmons came into her own, too, in this episode. Like, she had to be ballsy and and play it because she's undercover. and, And it's a big deal. Um. So I really enjoyed this episode. This one was great, and we saw the return of the the Frost Guy, Iceman, Iceman,
2: Iceman, (laughs) Iceman. Because Sony has Iceman, like it's just Iceman. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) So it is. It is. Um, you know, and that for me was heartbreaking because it really is. You know, you're seeing these characters if they're you know called. The character name or not because of stupid licensees. I I just hate, I hate that so much. But anyways, so because of stupid licensee stuff, they can't call him Bobby. They can't call him Iceman. They can't say any of the characters on the show are mutants. Right. Because it falls under licensure. So you're seeing, what we're
1: seeing is a lot of mutants. So everybody, I want to welcome our very special guest, Mr. Tim Sullivan to Fangirl Radio for his first visit and uh yay hi hello
0: hello hello and my first visit on the radio but uh, you guys have been like just so good to me since the very beginning we, uh, you know We've been, you know, I've been a friends of Fangirl for so long. He
1: has. He's a very long time ago, back when um, Slick was with us. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. right. And uh, so uh, Tim's here to talk about the wonderful, late, great Mr. Robert Corey, um, who I wanted to get the word out on because they've just added um, Count Yorga and the return of Count Yorga and Madhouse are all up on Netflix streaming right now.
0: Oh, uh, well, you know what that means, don't you?
1: Triple feature
0: means Blu-ray. It oh. means the long-awaited Blu-ray release. Because right now, the only way to get Robert on blue is Doctor Fibes rises again, and boy, does he look good on blue. Oh,
1: he's so <laughs> pretty. He is a pretty, pretty man, especially as Biterbeck.
0: Um, I have to say that, um, and I love them all. But with you know, with, you know, Legosi, Lee, Langella, Carradine, Oldman. You know, Jonathan Frid, Jack Palance, William Marshall, all the great actors who have portrayed vampires. And I'll even add Robert Pattinson and, you know, all the, you know, Twilights and and Vampire Diaries and all the, you know, the tween vamps. I still have to say, for my money, Robert Quarry is hands down the sexiest vampire that was ever on a movie screen.
2: He was so pretty. He has that, like, scholarly-ness. When he's playing a vampire, you know that that like superiority
1: of- I, yes. I think he was very it's sn- he was very snotty and, and and superior acting, but there was like he could but he sell- it was
0: justified yeah and, and i wouldn't know if it was it was it was more snarky like like and he was hip and he you could tell that he amused himself there's a great scene. In Return of Count Yorga, where there's a masquerade party and he comes in his natural Yorga attire. And of course, everybody thinks he's dressed as a vampire and he's just sort of amused by everybody's ignorance. (laughs) And there's this long haired kid pounding at the piano and he goes... Hey man, do you like music? And he goes, Yes. And then he like looks away and rolls his eyes. He's like, when played well, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and the
0: other part is it, it was- has an above it all air about him. You know what I mean?
1: And he's yeah, the it's- he sold that brutal viciousness too.
0: Well, that's he- the thing. And you know, um, in context for people, uh up until you know with 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 uh Lugosi's dracula and lee's dracula they were evil they were unre- there was no attributes or backstory about them that placed them in a sympathetic context the first you know sympathetic vampire which is now kind of you know the reluctant sympathetic vampire which has now become you know the whole you know, Twilight, I'm pining, you know, thing. It was, was actually Dark Shadows yep. and, and, you know, Barnabas Collins. And not only was Bar- Barnabas, Co- Barnabas Collins was groundbreaking for two reasons. First, he was a sympathetic, reluctant, romantic, tragic depiction of a vampire. But also it was the first time that you took a Dracula vampire type character and put him in modern times. That had never been done before, and this and this was like the late '60s. So I, Yorga, you know, Robert told me was definitely you know in in in, the, in 1969, American International made a conscious decision to create new monsters that they would own, and it was Doctor Fibes, Blackula, and Count Yorga, and Count Yorga was definitely de- very specifically designed to be a sort of feature version. Of dark shadow you know of of barnabas collins
1: nice
0: so go ahead i'm sorry oh
1: well i was just gonna say it's interesting because it's sort of like yorga in a lot of ways barnabas started off as the hardcore villain of the piece and then he became the sympathetic you cared about him he became the the reluctant hero and then he became the hero kind of a thing and i i wondered if 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 he'd been able to continue with that character. I know Robert had said um, in interviews with the one that you had with him that he had an idea for a third film and how that would go. Um,
0: Yeah, it's very interesting because um, he doesn't really have the sympathy, you know, quite the sympathy that Barnabas has. However, you can, can, if not sympathize with him, you could empathize with him in that, you know, especially it is one of the greatest moments of acting ever but in the, in return account yorga when he's with uh you know uh Ma- oh god
1: Marriott hartley
0: Marriott hartley uh and he gives that speech about how if he could be with her you know he's waited all these eternities for her and he's so romantic and he's so articulate and you feel for him because you know he he's his life is pretty grotesque and not very You know, but but he's really just looking for love. He kills a lot of people along the way. A lot of them, though, are assholes and don't deserve it. But there's a few... Oops, excuse me. No, that's
1: fine. (laughs) Totally,
2: I I mean, he totally fulfills every girl's professor fantasy. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He is that professor fantasy pushed into, like, a horror realm where he is a vampire and actually has, like... Bloodthirst and it's it's brilliant it's very it's very smart
0: and what's amazing about it which you never saw really with barnabas is he's very calm he's very cool i mean in the first movie the scene where they're trying to get him to stay up past sunlight oh, he's yeah. just sitting there and he goes you know i'm finding your manners distasteful you know and <laughs> and the way he does that and he just does you know your your, your manners are distasteful and he, but he's just so calm the entire time and he's just so sedate but then when he becomes feral it is so frightening and and he just you know those the when he's running with his fangs bared and his eyes glare it's I, I, i've never seen that really until maybe Gary Oldman that you know that 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 oh, dichotomy understand. between sedate and, and 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 feral and wild and, and he he was just oh my god and he was a very athletic vampire
1: oh he he kicked ass i mean the the thing that i the other part kind of feeding into that is i i rewatched these movies again um not too long ago i saw they were on i'm like yeah and and uh i couldn't believe how perfect the sound was how they used sound in and the that you know sound effect yeah And, and how quiet they were
0: the films are masterpieces, and what's so interesting is, you know, at the time, you know, Blackula, Fibes, and Yorga, they were all designed by American International to be exploitation pictures. Definitely, you know, um, they were taking a page from the success of Hammer, but again, taking the gothic monsters and putting them in a modern context, in the case of Blackula, you know, adding the black exploitation element – and they were, it was genius, but at the time, they were really done to be drive-in fodder and to be a quick buck. But they were done with such craft, the directing, the acting, the costumes, the sets. You look at them, you know, 40-plus years later, they not only hold up well. I mean, you know, for my money, I'll take any Yorga over any Twilight or Vampire Diaries well, or I True think- Blood.
2: I think one of the most brilliant things about Count Yorga is that um instead of going for a full on like slaughterhouse fest, it's very they really take advantage of that um there's a lot of very like slow almost and not really slow but what one might consider slow scenes, and then those are followed up by like a shocking image
0: like, yeah shocking. yes, uh, i mean of, there yes. I think the best example of that is to this day, it still is one of the most terrifying sequences, set pieces. And it's in the first Yorga film where the couple is in the, you know, the Volkswagen van that's stuck in the mud, you know, that interestingly enough, there was no mud on the way up, but there's (laughs) mud on the way back. And all and, and, and they just hear that noise and they're in this van and they're in there and then all of a sudden. You know, they open up the window, and there he is with the fangs bared and the blood. Now, a very interesting thing, again, you know, context. I always – I think it's very – for me, knowing the context of things adds more enjoyment. The whole sequences in Yorga where you had Yorga and you had his brides, and they would go and they would attack families, particularly in return account Yorga.
1: Oh, yeah. That thing was horrifying.
0: Robert told me that that was a direct – it, you know, a direct uh, reference to Charles Manson and his family, uh, and it, that that was the Tate-Labianco murders, pretty much.
1: That and, and that the setup for that scene is brilliant too. Like, yes, the the it's quiet. There's no like no music for most of it, and it just you know it's the sound and they even say in there it's like don't go over there do you hear that exactly. and it's don't so avail. terrifying it's so and, terrifying and,
0: and it is and they're and they're very, but the film's too and it's amazing to me they got pg ratings but they're very bloody and they are lots of blood lots of i mean the, the the bite marks are not just your traditional little two points i mean the the, the necks are like ravaged and you know and, and, and but the thing that's amazing is both of them the shock endings that these films have almost now, if you if you you see them forty years later, those shock endings inspired so many other shock endings that if you go back, people are like oh, I've, it's I've, that's so such a rip off of things. But this was the this was you know the first time at the very end, you know, that the hero ends up you know at the very end <laughs> after he kills you or getting bit, and then you know it's I mean that was just brilliant and they're fresh and I have to say, you know. Uh, I was so blessed. Uh, uh, I, I, you know how I know Robert well. As a kid, I became aware. You know, I I I was born in '64, so Yorga came out in '70, Return came out in '71. I saw I read about them in Famous Monsters magazine and I remember seeing the ads for them in the newspaper for the local drive-in and they just looked so damn cool and you know I I couldn't and I saw them for the first time on late night television heavily edited I was so taken by Yorga and, and, and unlike with poor Christopher Lee who I don't know why Hammer had this great actor and didn't take advantage of his voice and hardly gave him any dialogue right. you know Robert just had so much beautiful dialogue to just relish and, and and I fell in love and you know I just you know I and then finally in the, in the I guess it was the 80s when they came out on VHS uncut and then eventually DVD and and then i you know luckily started making my own movies so um i wanted to, i wanted to meet robert i wanted to interview him for my shock and roll column i i got through to him through some connections and i met him you know my dinner with yorga i met him at a diner in uh, in 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 burbank and it was it was a little shocking to see him for the first time of course You know, I guess if you if I had seen him over the years, and you know, every year you see somebody and you see them age a little bit, but then when you know your memory of somebody is only from a movie, and you know it was Yorga, he was he was a little frail and definitely, you know, he had been in some in a lot of pain, but you know that voice was there and the, the wit was there. And his and, eyes were
1: still so pretty.
0: Oh my God, his mm-hmm. eyes. And, and, but what just got to me, what just got to me was his wicked, wicked sense of humor <laughs> and his bitchiness. <laughs> and, you know, it is very, I, you know, I don't think it's, 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 uh, any secret, but it's just so funny that two of the most romantic, vampires who had, you know, were rock stars and teen idols, you know, Barnabas Collins and Count Yorga, you know, in that era of late 60s, early 70s, had, you know, teenage girls and housewives swooning. Well, in real life, Jonathan Frid and Robert Quarry were gay. And, you know, it, I think as Robert got a little older, his, you know, how could I put it? A little bit of the swish was more pronounced. <laughs> Especially when he would start bitching about things that annoyed him through the years and people that annoyed him. And to be honest with you, he had a lot of reason to be annoyed. And, you know, to this day I just one of my I cannot wait to have a lot of money because one of the things I want to do with it is to take better care of the people who should are are our are, are our treasures, the people who inspired us. I mean What upset me the most was, Robert, you know, people just assume if you're in a movie, if you're on TV, if you are a filmmaker, that you just must be rich. Well, the truth is, as Robert would say, that's a crock of, you know, (laughs) (laughs) let me me tell you something, darling. Let me (laughs) tell you something. Unless you're Vincent Price and sell TV (sighs) dinners and cheap art at Sears. (laughs) And go around the world pretending that this witch of a woman is your sexual bedmate. <laughs> You're <laughs> living in Burbank on food stamps.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh is, is it is true. I think that I think that there's a lot of entitlement in fandom. I think there is. I think
0: I think there's a lot of entitlement oh. everywhere but the yeah. bottom line is Robert Quarry got screwed over by American International and and, and most basically Sam Markov and ja- James Nicholson you know Robert Quarry got x amount of money for playing Yorga now let's just say and it wouldn't be far-fetched to think and maybe it's even an exaggeration but maybe Robert got paid 10 grand each he never got residuals other than SAG, you know, anytime it came out on DVD, there was a poster or artwork or record, or you know, had there been a Count Yorga doll, he didn't, he wouldn't, and didn't get a penny of that.
1: Which, by the way, there are, there is one.
0: They are now.
1: Yeah, they're not,
0: unlike, not, not unlicensed.
1: Not yeah, they're not, and, no,
0: and and trust me, your Robert's family's not seeing a penny. But um, the bottom line is, so you know he was being groomed to be the new vincent price the you know but then when the exorcist came out in seven in christmas of 73 and then became the you know be, at 74 le, you know the exorcist and texas chainsaw in 1974 were to hammer films and vincent price and rock Yorga and blackula what nirvana was the heavy metal in the uh.
1: Good you analogy. You know what I mean? Good analogy.
0: <laughs> it's true. You know, after you had Linda Blair, you know, sticking crucifixes under her night sheet and spewing pea soup and saying all kinds of nasty things, and you had Leatherface running around with a chainsaw, you know, the kids weren't going to go see Robert Quarry, you know, sitting with his legs crossed and hands folded, discussing philosophy and bloodletting. You know <laughs> what I mean? People assume that when you made a movie, you know, that you're... Oh, just automatically super rich and you know i said that just like in real life in the movie industry there's the one percent and there's the 99 percent, and for every you know tom cruise there's you know many many people who just didn't make it and you know god bless when i met robert he was kind of in that situation and you know at that point in his life, um you know, as I said before i I think at this point it's been pretty well documented that Robert was gay, but he was not out at the time. I mean you know, close confidence he would pretty much just you know admit to it, but he was from that era where you didn't actually say it. And, you know, there you know, people were in Hollywood would know about it, but were very polite about it. I mean, you know, everybody knew Roddy McDowell was gay and Anthony Perkins was gay and Jonathan Frid was gay, but nobody, nobody wrote about it. Nobody said anything. It was just the way it was, you know, pre TMZ. So, but as a result, you know, Robert didn't have a soulmate, he didn't have a husband, a companion, you know, there were not wasn't a very close family bond, so he didn't really have family. Uh, there was really nobody when I met him. I mean, and yes, there were the quote fans who were quote being his assistant and helpers, but uh and y'all know who y'all are if you're listening, and I'm not gonna name names, but you can look in the mirror and you can, you know. You'll know, but there are a couple of people in his life and I've seen this phenomenon happen before where um, you have an older celebrity and I've seen it happen to Forey Ackerman. I've seen it happen to Robert. I've seen it happen to Curtis Harrington. I heard it had happened to Jonathan Frid, but luckily people stepped in. But you have an elderly celebrity who's alone. And, you know, they a fan approaches them at one of these conventions and under the guise of, you know, fandom and love. Oh, I'll, let me help you out. Let me be your assistant. Let me and, and you know, and at first it's very nice. But then, you know, props go missing and money goes missing and, you know, checks are written. And, you know, these people are older, so they don't really you know, and it's almost like they after a while they're aware of it. But it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't. So the thing is, here's your choice. You're completely alone. You get to the point where you can't, you know, you can't drive yourself anywhere. Then you even get to the the point that one day we all will get to where we can't even shower by ourselves or go to the bathroom by ourselves. And we have somebody who's there to do it, but we kind of know that they're stealing blind from us and they're taking, you know, what little props we have left and selling them behind our back. But it's like, it, it's a shame, but if there's nobody else to step up and, you know, let's be honest, it costs a lot of money to go to these nice, you know, homes for retired people. And it to me, it's one of the greatest sins in the world. And when I met Rob, when I was, you know, came into Robert's life, that was his situation. And it was it was very horrifying to see. And, you know, a couple of these people who, you know, publicly, were, you know, proclaiming themselves as these wonderful caretaker of Robert Quarry and, you know, basically pat, you know, patting themselves on the back in public. You know, you go to his house, and it's like if you care so much for him, if you're taking such good care of him, why is his house covered in dust? Why are his dishes, you know, have roaches on them? Why is, you know, the toilet look like something in Grand Central Station? This is, you know, the the living conditions of Robert were just, you know – prisons have better conditions and it made me sick to my stomach and it was a touchy situation because on the one hand yeah you want to do something about this and make it public but on the other hand as i understood you know with, you know you don't want to you want the great yorga the great Count robert quarry to to maintain his dignity and and that's the biggest thing that i think you know the most important thing especially for somebody who you know had an actor and 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 vanity is such an important thing you don't want to come off as pathetic so you know i had interviewed robert and an amazing thing happened and 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 that was that i got a phone call from frank darabont i mean frank darabont you know oh, wow. the, the only director in the world who's First and second films were nominated for Best Director and Best Picture: Shawshank Redemption and Green Mile, and it was amazing. Robert had read my Frank had read my interview uh, on Shock and Roll with Robert. He tracked me down through you know Mick Garris, and he said that he he had really you know it's so typical. He thought Robert Corey had died because he hadn't heard anything from him about him, and when he realized he was alive, he was like you know. How's he doing? And I told him not so good. He's like, oh man. He said, well, first of all, I would like to have, I would like you and me to host an evening with Robert Quarry at the American Cinematheque. I Frank Darabont said I am going to call MGM and I am going to pay out of pocket to have Yorga and Count Yorga um, new thirty five millimeter prints struck and have those films, you know. Cleaned up. So if we do get when we do get Yorga on Blu-ray, you can thank Frank Darabont for the quality of those prints.
1: That is awesome.
0: And then Frank said, and he goes, and you know, between you and me, I want you to, you know, go take Robert and get let him buy himself a brand new suit. I'm going to have a a limo pick him up, and we're and we're going to just make him have the best night of his life. He says, but I'm going to take it one step further. He goes, I have ties with the motion picture home for, you know, it's like a a, 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 a assisted living place, Mm -hmm. beautiful place for older actors who, you know, many of them are like, we're in Robert's shape. So Frank is just an angel as far as I'm concerned. And Frank Darabont, and you can just tell from the humanity of his films like Shawshank, he puts his money where his mouth is. And he's, and he's very quiet about it. And so Frank organized this amazing night at the Egyptian. And I have to say, it is one of the most wonderful memories of my life, seeing Robert emerge from this limousine in a cool new leather jacket and he just looks so badass (laughs) and i mean you know he was so nervous that nobody was going to come the place was standing room only this is the egyptian on on hollywood boulevard and he got a standing ovation the minute he walked in that Uh lasted for about 10 minutes i kid you not
1: oh
0: he was in tears and they showed the films, and I have to say, they looked and played as if they were brand new films and the there, there was absolutely nothing dated about them and When it was over, you know at that point, I think robert and and he went and did it me and Frank and Robert did a q and a in front of an audience for probably the first time in how many decades and and having seen Yorga play so well on the big screen. This man who had trouble walking, and you know, I saw him just like re like like it was like Popeye having sp- just eaten a can of spinach, or I guess Yorga having mm-hmm. just drunk you know enough blood to you know from from a dead girl or something. <laughs> and he owned it, and his wit, and his recollections, and the way he commanded everything—it was just—it is one of the greatest memories of my life. But then, what exceeded that? was, you know, uh, I had a, a, a bunch of friends and it was really cool. A lot of the actors from Maniacs, like Ryan Fleming, who plays Hucklebilly, and uh, Jacob Hare, who was Onion Joe and did a lot of the artwork. And, and you know, these guys, they they we they, they came over. And one day we just basically, you know, cleaned up Robert's apartment. And, you know, Robert decided what he wanted to keep and what he didn't want to keep and then we helped him move into the the the, the, the uh, place and it was a beautiful place and tons of you know cool people there and but then we realized you know we didn't want to move you know dusty junky stuff in there and it just hit us oh my gosh he's moving into a place but he, it's empty and you know it was sad because you know some of these care ta- his record his his music was gone his movies was gone you know people were yeah. stealing from him so you know I went to the fans and I put it out there and Dee Snyder even had had me on Fangoria radio and Fangirl did stuff. and, And we just very nicely put it out there that, you know, one of our most beloved, cherished horror icons, Robert Quarry needs a little little help. And you know, and we, we got him in this cool place. But and what we did is we actually, you know, because I wanted, I, you know, one of the things is, is about, you know, there's there's two kinds of charity. There's charities where you just kind of throw someone a bone like they're a dog, and then there's another where it just like like I went, I I, I showed Robert like we went on Target.com and Walmart.com, and I had him just you know i said just out of curiosity robert if you could get a bookshelf what would it be like if you had a bed if you had a jacket what music do you like what what movies do you wish you had in your collection and he didn't really know why i was doing that and then i i put it out there and put like registries up and invited fans if they could to um help out and it was unbelievable i mean within you know between going online all the websites, all the horror sites helped, and then D. Snyder, man, he really was upset by this whole thing, and he really helped out. Within less than a week, I must have collected about ten thousand dollars worth of goods for Robert from fans, and we, I, I rented a truck, and me and uh, the, the Ryan Fleming uh, from uh, from uh, two thousand one Maniacs, and uh, we went. And we picked all the stuff up. And what I did is because I wanted everybody – so many people wrote these beautiful notes. So what I did was I printed out everybody's email and then I printed out a picture of them so that I had this like booklet of all the get well notes from everybody with a photo of them. And then we went to Robert's place, and he couldn't believe it. And we just loaded all this stuff, and we sat there, and together we read every note from everybody. And then he looked at the picture because I wanted him to know that he was loved by – and I said this is just a microcosm. And I wanted him to see the faces because he wasn't on the internet. I wanted him to see the faces of the people who loved him. I wanted him – I'm sorry, I'm getting very emotional because um, um
1: I think I think we all are. I, I I am I think, almost I'm I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm trying sorry. not to I, ball. But yeah. uh,
0: I mean he was sitting there. If you could have seen the look in his eyes, I mean he really thought he was forgotten. He really didn't know that people cared. And it's one thing, you know, it's wonderful for people to go to a screening and um it was wonderful. But the people the the love that these people expressed and the way they expressed it and the fact that this man went from you know an empty room to you know fully furnished and a huge collection of music and and all the stuff he liked show tunes and 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 and, and movie soundtracks and classical music he didn't even have copies of his own movies so we made sure he got yorgas and death masters and you know and 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 doctor fives and madhouse and and you know and and I have to say that you know he he was around for about another year after that, but I have to say that you know thanks to people like Frank Darabont and the the great kind people at MGM and the American Cinematheque and all the hundreds and D Snyder and and all the hundreds of fans who just took the time to show they cared and I think it meant a lot to them because it's not often that you get a chance to directly help a hero that you love. And Robert's final t- year was one of comfort and love and just, you know, awareness that he mattered.
1: That is absolutely effing beautiful, Tim. I mean it. I, re- I I remember when you did that and I Oh, my God.
0: That's just gorgeous. It's, you know, and uh, it's it's one of the things that, you know, and I wouldn't say I'm proud. and, And believe me, you know. And it's so funny because, of course, I understand there's, you know, there are people, oh, you know, every time you do something, you you know, you you can't win. You can't, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. People, oh, you know, he's just doing that to get attention. No, I wasn't doing it to get attention. But I was aware that because of the fact that I have been blessed to make horror movies and be in touch with people, you know, like Mick Garris and Frank Darabon, that I have a position where I can reach people that other people may not be able to reach who don't have the sort of public you know image that I have and I am grateful to God that I was able to use that to help out one of my all-time heroes and the fact that he became a friend is beyond and it's you know it's uh, I am I am grateful that I had the chance to do that
2: that is absolutely beautiful, sir. And I think we here at Fangirl are grateful that, um, like, you can come on our show and share that because so often we hear about like the pitfalls of humanity. That um, to know that there are heroes, like, because I would I would put you, sir, in the category of a hero <laughs> in that <laughs> well, regard for what you were doing. Um, you know, like, out in the world, and that, like, you know, people aren't. Necessarily awful, and I think we we too often dwell on how people can be awful and uh we so seldom these days hear about how people can be wonderful.
0: It's true, and you know yes, there's a couple of rotten eggs in that you know in that in that basket, but you know uh, pfft, uh there's always there's always a few, but and again, you know I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget this. When I was young, you know, was 16 years old, we, I read Moby Dick and that can't <laughs> be censored by the FCC. Cause I'm not referring to
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a whale. It's a it's, whale. It's a whale. It's it's a whale. whale.
0: <laughs> and there was, uh, there's an, it, I'll never forget this. You know, there's that big, the big, you know, um, quee-queg, the big savage with the, uh, the spear mm-hmm. and the first night, Ishmael, the narrator, is bunking in the same room with this giant Indian, you know, this giant noble savage, as they call him. And he's sleeping and it's freezing and he's sleeping and he's, you know, and he's covering himself with a blanket and certainly could cover his whole body. But he has his feet sticking out. And Ishmael says to him, how come you're sleeping with your feet? Aren't you cold? And, and the guy says, how would I know? I'm warm if one part of me isn't cold. <laughs> and that's so profound because literally how could we know what, you know, that, this, that these people are good humanitarian, that most people are good. If we don't know that what, what the rotten people are like, we, you know, it's like, it's to me, that's also so many of the themes of the best horror movies are where people come to accept good and light by First confronting dark and evil. That's what The Exorcist is about. And it's so true in life. Often it takes confrontations with the, the, the dark side of things, the flip side of things, to come around to confront the good side of things. And so when I saw the sort of dark side of where Robert's life had gone… That prompted me to see if I could turn it around and I choose to remember. I won't forget about the dark side, but I choose to focus and remember the good side of what came of that.
1: that is, that's awesome and true. That's Yeah. You, you you can't focus on it because you will turn into a bitter, jaded bastard in, in your life if you think about that. You'll never trust anyone. You'll never care about anything. And, I mean, stories like... What you just said are are what keep me, you know, having faith in, in the industry like this and in the world. Because it's true, and, and it's it keeps reminding me that even though you have assholes and evil evil bastards out there that do things like that, and I've seen plenty of them, I've had to deal with them myself. But if you you have horror fans, horror fans get such a bad rap, but they are some of the nicest, sweetest, most loving people. Hands
0: down. I mean, I've said it again, but it's so interesting to me. You know, I've been so blessed to be part of the, you know, the, quote, Masters of Horror Group, the, you know, the the informal gatherings that Mick Garris would coordinate that led to the television show. And, you know, you have all these people and you're looking around and you're thinking, my God, these guys collectively are responsible for some of the most deranged, disturbed, (laughs) messed up, violent, sadistic images ever put on screen. And yet there's some of the nicest, you know, kindest grounded people and, you know, with all and God love them. But yet it's so interesting that, you know, it's the you know, Robin Williams, a comedian, a funny, upbeat guy was so tortured, you know, he took his life. And, you know, something to be said about how horror fans, horror authors, horror, you know, filmmakers, we do do exercise our darkness through art through fandom we literally exercise it and that we get it out there and you know i have to say that the horror community is hands down the nicest kindest most generous loyal group of fans in, in 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 of anything and I, I, I still have all these wonderful letters that everybody wrote. And it's still wonderful because people will still write to me on Facebook. And, you know, tell me. Oh, and the thing that was amazing is Robert insisted on sending a signed autograph to everybody who sent something. He insisted and he could only sign about 10 at a time before his hands hurt. He so every single person and nobody asked for it. Nobody expected it. But everybody still has a cherished signature from him on a, a special thing we created. And, you know, people still write and say, I still have this. I still think of him. And so it really was, you know, from something that wasn't a very happy thing, all these amazing things came of it because everybody who had that chance to, you know, get help Robert, that's with the, – that gave them a chance to do a good deed. You know what I mean? And that gave them a chance to really know that someone they loved and grew up, you know, Yorga, that they were able to – affect his life in a positive way
1: that's amazing and and i mean we don't really have that many icons left like no. those guys to to be able to to have done something like that for one of them is is just a gift to, of
0: itself so yeah, he you know he's really you know we still god bless we still thank god we have christopher lee and, and, you know he's just a treasure and i'm sure there's others that i'm you know not remembering but i mean robert really was you know, one of the last of the horror icons. Um, you know, and 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 not too long after we lost Robert, we lost Jonathan Frid. Um, that but, kills me, Um yeah. But the thing is, you know, uh November fourth, Robert would have been ninety. Yep. And um, you know, he lived a, a long life, and you know, he, he 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 had so much wonderful stuff in his life, so many highs. And, you know, he's eternal. He has given us, you know, amazing performances. You know, Madhouse is amazing. Uh, uh, um, you know, uh, Dr. Five's Rises Again is amazing. And even Sugar Hill, you know, he's so good in that. But ultimately, we have, you know, Count Yorga and Return of Count Yorga. And, you know, for somebody to have created a character in their lifetime... That is just so iconic. I mean, very few people can say they did that, and Robert Quarry is one who can say he did.
1: That's right. Well, Tim, mm-hmm. I, I think we've ran out of time, but I wanted to thank <laughs> you so much. This was amazing, and and a tribute to Robert, the, which is exactly what I wanted us to do. And we are going to have you back.
0: Ah, sure. my pleasure. Because you are probably,
2: freaking the man. Probably very soon.
1: Probably very soon.
0: <laughs> my pleasure. My pleasure. I love Fangirl. You guys have always been so wonderful to me and my films and the people in my films and you know your love of of Robert Corey. You know, and and I know you guys were. I know Slick. Yeah, I know you guys were were on that list of people who who sent stuff to Robert. And, uh, you know, and it's just so cool that here we are still talking about him. And, I, you know, I hope that, you know, for Halloween season, but more importantly for November 4th, you know, everybody listening, just pick your favorite Robert Quarry. Movie And just, you know, watch a Robert Quarry movie and, and wish Robert happy 90th birthday and know he's up there looking down and going, oh, Tim, you had to cry, didn't you? I know you <laughs> faked that. And you just, you probably just got 50 Facebook new fans from that little, you know, thing. <laughs> You, know. <laughs> you, you dick. Yeah, <laughs> and, you and dick. can
2: be like,
1: "Damn right, I did. I did too. I was crying. I, like, I kept." It so
0: crying. let me ask you: from from getting me all that those 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 trinkets from Target, how many Saturday night dates did you get from that, Tim? <laughs> and why didn't you take pictures for Uncle Robert? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> that oh my god <laughs> I'm never
1: going to be able to watch Yorga the same way without thinking about that
0: because he,
1: he was a pervy little thing in Yorga too man I mean that was the best part I'm like yeah you girls you do your thing I'll just sit here and look good <laughs>
0: He's Mac Daddy, man. He's Mac Daddy. I
1: I actually, a friend of mine had a photo with him that he posted on his Facebook page. I know we need to wrap this up, but I had to share this. And I don't think it was you. I think it was this, uh, another guy. But he was with Caroline Monroe and Robert grabbing her boob. Just (laughs) obvious as hell. And he signed the photograph, um, uh, I don't always go for the neck. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm like, that's oh, so robert that is so robert
2: we should make t-shirts
0: that's that's actually a There's great fangirl logo t-shirt. that's actually you should get a picture of robert <laughs> and then put moon. like a little ca- put put a little <laughs> caption and then you know have fangirl you know that would be awesome i'd buy that
1: <laughs> well there you go sarah we got our first t-shirt that is awesome i don't always I go could, for that i could just hear him else. saying that we could just have a big hand coming off of him onto the other side of the shirt so it's grabbing <laughs> the. Bo- yeah okay i know what we're doing why not i mean damn i would
0: love a robert Corey t-shirt you know <laughs>
1: That I, I got my, that. my, my un-
0: my unlicensed Robert Corey Yorga staring right at me on my shelf. I, you know, I he's, need he's, to get
1: that doll. He's got
0: his arms out and he's like running. <sighs> he looks so bad. Uh, looks so cool. I want
1: him to do one. Like they did the Blackula doll. The Blackula doll is beautiful.
0: Yeah, he's right. I got, I got Fibes, Blackula and Yorga all next to each other. You have my shelf. Jean do one, Jessica. Uh, you
1: know, that's a good idea. I might look into you that. Talk to Jean, Jean St. Jean. Yeah. Yeah. Jean St. Jean. Um, He's a friend of the show, and uh, he might actually do a yoga for us if we A beg- figure? A figure. Oh, wow. He's an
2: amazing, amazing, amazing sculptor. He's like. He's my biggest sculptor hero. Oh, I'd
0: love to. We'll have to talk about that we'll regarding some other together. secret but things.
1: I've, we'll have yeah, you guys totally. on together. I can't. But, I can
0: but the biggest, like the biggest question <laughs> about a Yorga doll, the hardest thing is: do you have him in his black suit with the red cape, or do you have him in that amazing red dinner jacket?
1: That smoking jacket. That's
0: amazing. The smoking, smoking hot jacket. Yes. I yeah. I bet, hot jacket.
2: I bet Jean St. Jean would come up with something where like there's both.
1: Yeah, Well, he can That's do, a, he, he he do alternate
2: up, heads. He does really alternate genius, heads. Genius little, like, things like that. Anyways, uh, I have got to head out.
0: Okay, okay, well, this has been a pleasure. Thank
1: you so it much, Thank you, Tim. guys.
0: That's and, Robert, I hope that, you know, you're up there listening and laughing and, and, and yes. you know, 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 know that we love you. We really Big do. Big hug.
1: We love you, Robert. We love you, Robert.
0: And thank, you, right.
1: thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. And, and as I said, once again, thank you, Tim Sullivan.
0: Oh, thank you, guys. All right. Thank you.
1: Fangirl Radio signing off.